0: everybody and welcome to another episode of forever quest i'm jeff with purple elf productions join me as always is sean how are you doing sean how did it end up that uh you get to do the introduction every time we tried it with you for a little bit i'm not sure what you're trying to say just saying we tried it that's what i said Mm mm-hmm thank you for being flexible with me sean sometimes we try new things sometimes we have new guests on i'd like to welcome our new guest today clucifer how are you doing clucifer i'm good how are you i'm doing well thank you i'm bringing that high energy now that game show energy me and you were just having a nice calm conversation but uh jeff the host is here now and uh i'd like to say hello to you well thank you we gotta
1: ramp up our we gotta ramp it up
0: We we gotta ramp it up dude we got to be more energetic. Can you do some push-ups really quick?
1: Yeah, let's do it. How many push-ups are we all doing? uh, 10, 15.
0: No! I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about the uh, launch of uh, the Buried Sea, the EverQuest server mischief, the TLP server mischief. Uh, Clucifer is a very nice man's and also a officer in faceless who is here to kind of talk it through with us today. We waited a little bit to do this episode until both Sean and I had done every bit of the new content. So here we are, everybody face to face, a couple of silver spoons. How are you feeling about the launch, Sean? I feel great.
2: I, I really liked it. Um, I didn't do it, but I, I liked the aftermath, uh the coattail writing was excellent as usual. Um, it kind of feels like surfing a little bit, you know, a little freedom, but um I did it in about two and a half days with help from a lot of different people, including Lucifer. Uh, thank you again. I do appreciate it. It was really nice to finish it up with you and zaid it was it felt uh professional, we'll say um hey, and, I got to play a monk. that was the first for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, and I thought all the content is pretty pretty cool. Uh, it's only here for a short time, so I'm I know it's, it's unlikely that we'll get too tired of it. But um, I thought it was pretty great. I like the clock dial. I think that's super fun.
0: Man, I don't like getting around that clock dial it's tough for me to get around that town you're supposed to be able to float over the north wall i can't do it i have to run through the south gate every time it's so embarrassing they like, go to 11 o'clock i'm like all right i gotta run through the gate at six o'clock first i'll see you guys in three minutes <laughs> i can't float over that damn thing um before we get into the launch too much more Lucifer. uh you know you know this show right you've heard this show before
1: i have heard every
0: episode Oh no. <laughs> so of course we have to talk a little bit of real life first. I think there's some people who like this. I think there's some people who hate this, but it is what we do. Uh so uh, I thought today we could have a little bit of a conversation about determinism, which I can't say because it's a conversation I love having with Sean. I love having deep conversation and something that me and him uh disagree with uh quite a bit and uh he's more of a free will guy. I'm more of a determinist guy. And your field of study is actually in this whole realm. So I thought it'd be awesome for us all to have a little conversation about it before we got into lunch. Wait a minute. We brought an expert.
1: I, I wouldn't call myself an expert.
2: (laughs) Well, you studied in the field. I'll, I'll take it. I I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the study. Let's, let's hear it.
0: Can you tell us, uh, are are you comfortable with saying like what your degree is in or what your job type is? without getting too specific. Um,
1: i am a behaviorist so i actually analyze behavior and develop you know behavior change programs and uh work towards changing behavior for people who need it so that's a big part of or a big part of our field is informed by the debate between determinism and free will so hence why Every time I mention it, Jeff kind of picks my brain on it, right? It's it's not often you meet somebody who's not a hardcore religious
0: person who's a determinist or who's near determinism. Usually, it's hardcore religious people who believe in that type of stuff. So it, it pumps me up to talk to somebody who, you know, has studied it. I think it's awesome.
1: So you said that, you know, you're kind of like, what is you said you're like a 6 out of 10 on determinism. Uh, and. I've- Yeah. Eight, eight, maybe somewhere
0: around (laughs) there. We're slipping. We're slipping. (laughs) We we change. We change for sure. I'm I'm around. I wanted to be a 10. And then I thought about some of the questions that go along with that. My brain couldn't, couldn't, couldn't quite handle it. So before we get too deep into this, I just want to ask one
2: question and maybe we don't answer it actually, but you know, if someone has changes too much, like it's always changing, like, you know, and, and is there something that there could be done for that?
1: You mean like if your behavior is always changing? Yeah. 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 It's called life.
3: Right? <laughs> oh,
2: I really did almost spit my coffee out right there. <laughs> that was really close. That's about as close as I've ever come, honestly.
0: Oh man, my nose <laughs> paid for that. Oh.
1: So, no, oh. do you want to expand on that? Like, do you mean something? worse than life no no I think life is a perfect example yeah our behavior is constantly changing it's constantly informed by our learned experiences our past our interactions with the environment and that's kind of the the approach that determinism takes is that you know free will is an illusion and our behavior is governed by those external forces or those internal forces and like, Josh, um, Josh, I would think you were more free will, just based off my interactions with you. So I totally get that. Um, Wait, you mean Sean? Yeah, sorry, Sean. That's <laughs> no, right. Oh actually ta-
0: my God. I wanted to make sure you weren't actually talking to Josh, because Josh is out there listening. He's been on the show, and I weren't going to make, because ta- we've so, actually no, talked Josh about free actually, will with him. Josh,
1: I think, is more free will as well, just based on right. my discussions with him.
0: I think you're right. Yeah. That's probably why you That's, thought of Josh, because we exactly. probably, we've had these conversations with him as well.
1: So I think that, you know, it makes sense for you, both of you to have a difference between determinism and free will. So I wonder, you know, Jeff and Sean, what your viewpoints are on the subject you're Jeff, obviously. Uh, now an eight out of ten has changed since what Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean, what would you describe yourself as on the spectrum? As far as between
2: the two, yeah, I think I completely reside in in free will. Completely, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I yep. Okay, so let me posit this to you. Okay, Um, a volcano is erupting. What's going to inform your decision whether or not you're going to run away? I'm running away. Okay. No matter what. No matter. I'm running. What's going to inform that decision,
2: though? I'm afraid as hell. I'm scared. Why? I'm. I'm going to die. Why? Uh, Because the lava or smoke or something's going to come and get me. Okay. How do you know that? I don't. I'm just thinking that it's, I no, mean, you do I've, know, you do know that though. Like, how do you, how do you know that? Well, let's assume that I guess I've been around a volcano before that has been erupting, but I've been told that as well. I've been, it's something that I've learned that if a volcano is erupting, you should get away from it. Okay.
1: Where'd you learn that? Probably in like third or fourth grade. All right. So that is called soft determinism, ladies and gentlemen. Okay.
2: Something you've been taught that may or may not be true?
1: Something that you have taught that has influenced your behavior. Okay. So are you entirely free will? Yeah. I feel like I am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. I mean, so I need to understand I guess I want to understand the this part of the
1: the reasoning behind why it would be considered that so free will is, you know, the idea that you have a choice, you act, you choose your behavior, mm-hmm. you're self determined. Sure. Determinism is that your behavior is predictable. It's governed by external forces or external learned history or DNA. Whether you're or tall DNA, or not, could have an effect on also internal on forces. Internal forces as well, absolutely. Okay. So, you just presented, we just pos- posited a discussion on the volcano erupting, and you used your learning history to say, I am running away. And that's the, at the core of determinism. Now, if you so, say, I'm going to make a decision as to whether or not I'm going to run away, that would be free will. Well, in the moment, that's what you're doing, right? That's, are you making
2: a decision or are you reacting based on instincts? Well, thats I guess that's the argument. That's the argument. Because if you, if you change the scenario slightly and say, you actually live there, and if you run, then your entire village passes, right? but if you stay, there's a chance you save it, right? Same scenario, Mm -hmm. but now my, now my answer changes. So that's where I go. Well, then every time you change this, every time you change the scenario, then you're still having to make that decision, right? Based on the scenario or if you added or subtracted things, or then there's always this question too. If it is individual, right? When you said one of the choices it could be was individual. If it's individual, and not outside, then I think, then I would say that, how are we getting around the fact that that could be your choice?
1: Sorry, my mind does leap. It leaps bounds. Look at that. So if it's individual versus, or if it's internal versus external, how do we get around your actual making a decision is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. It's part of the determination argument. So, in there is a whole field of determinism that says, you know, your internal biological perspective is part of your, you know, evolution. It's part of your genetic inheritance from your parents. Sure. Um, so, those factors then influence your decision making. So, that's the internal determinism is actually the bridge to free will. And you. that's where like you're at like a four or five out of ten on that little scale that Jeff was yeah. talking about. It makes sense so. now that, that like it's inevitable you can't avoid being
2: uh, being influenced no matter no matter how you slice it according to that right. definition. It's impossible. So then it's impossible to be hundred percent free will unless you're looking at each situation as an individual decision. And so at some point, maybe, I'm not, no, I'm not there. I'm just saying maybe at some point you're able to escape from some of that stuff because you do have the awareness of it. That, that's the other piece that I find super interesting. Because if you have awareness of this, right, which we do, then you are able to put that into perspective when that decision comes. And at that point in time, to me, that would also give you an, a, more of a feel of free will just by having the concept of it. Yeah, but is
1: that feel of free will an illusion? It could be. I mean, it
2: all could be an illusion.
1: Yeah, but because because you're you the way you're discussing it is actually looking at motivation and not necessarily your free will. And motivation is inherently determinism because motivation speaks to your learned history and how you've learned your behaviors. And that's what influences your future behavior. Solely, solely motivation. Not solely motivation. There's a lot more to it. I'm kind of bringing it down a couple steps. And so also, then how? I'm totally not the expert, so no, no, I'm no, no, right.
2: talking in generalities. But how? So then, how do you escape in the in this de- description of it? How do you escape? Then that that what you're saying or what I hear you saying is then all of it because if. We all are motivated. That's the only way you, like, for instance, are we considering wanting to eat a motivation? Yeah. Wanting wanting to live, have babies, all those are motivations, right? Yeah. So then in this definition, we're all trapped almost 100% in the other direction, and there really is no choice.
0: Correct. I mean, yeah. trapped is a, it's a, dirty. it's a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe think of it as like we're on this awesome ride, right?
1: No, I this, mean this roller coaster that's predefined and how you react to it is already determined. We just open our w- eyes wide and be like, "Ooh." <laughs> <But> then how <laughs> how
2: how does determinism explain uh, new new experiences and new inventions and separations from growth, expansion? They just so, would, they would say that's all part of your motivation, that's all part well, of your learned history
1: the way you encounter novel experiences is determined based on how you encounter novel experiences in the past. So the first time you encountered something and their reaction you had to it and whether or not you felt that you were successfully interacting with that environment will then inform the next time you're in a novel situation.
2: And then what prevents, uh, in this scenario, what prevents pure chaos? Like just, if that is the case, then why aren't we all just killing each other and taking each other's money and we don't have the choice? So
1: that's actually a really good good point though. And that's the fact that humans inherently through evolution and through social constructs want to follow a rule of law.
2: Mm, Well, but what's that... I don't know. There's two big, more different, like, uh, what was the word we were using? Um, motivations that are definitely contradictor, con- contradicting each other, which I see in humans and they both exist and they both cause different things to happen. Um, and I don't know if they're, I don't know if that's learned. So I, I've seen, I mean, it seems to have always been there. So I don't know. That's interesting.
1: The, the desire to exist with other people, you mean? Yes.
2: Or and not to co to, or, or, and And simultaneously kill the other
1: as well. So the competition for resources? Potentially. And so then it all comes down to what gives you the most resources. Or, that's or, not necessarily a behavior. Or that's not nece- That is necessarily a behavior. What gives you the most resources, and how are you going to get that? That's determinism.
2: Yeah, but now we don't necessarily do it for that reason. Sometimes we just do it for. I, I guess I don't know. Maybe it's power. I get. It's not always resources, but. Yeah, I, I can I, it's still motivation. Yeah,
1: so and then that kind of dives much deeper into the discussion of why we do what we do. So in the realm, my field of study we kind of break it down into four different four different realms. So we have a sensorial realm, you know access to the senses. Um, you know we have escape, we have attention and we have tangible. So, the tangible is having access to something. Attention, you know, all you have to do is look at Jeff. <laughs> um, escape, you know, you want to get out of this situation. And sensorial, you have a need to fulfill that sense, your senses, you, like your sensorial input. So, in the end, one of those four things were satisfied by your actions. That makes sense. This gets to, to
2: I, I don't I did a lot of reading about habits and that is, a, a, that is a lot of, a lot of the conversation around habits is very similar to the, to what you were just saying.
1: Yeah. If you can I understand. I you read those. a lot about, um, Freud with habits and, um, B.F.
2: Skinner it, well this was uh I did when I was in college I did when now this last stuff I was reading was um it was just called the power of Habits and there was some other it was actually about the fifties and how commercials and they like were very far ahead of their time as far as understanding psychology of people and what they were doing and I mean you you guys are well aware of this was, I'm sure you this was part of your study and stuff like that too it's just how they influenced and could influence and they knew that um And so then how to, they were figuring out how to form habits for people that they didn't even know that they had. Interesting things like this. Yeah. Mad
0: (laughs) men. Yeah. (laughs) The mad men of Madison street. Right. They gave the cigarettes to the, uh, to the debutantes and had them walk on the, the Easter day parade. And next thing you know, everybody's smoking, right? Those ad guys knew what they were doing. They did. Yeah, but
2: it it's also about the how when you have break a how easy it is to once you've formed a habit, how hard it is to break, and then once it once you have broken it, how easy it is to restart it.
1: Absolutely.
0: I had a ball listening to you two, and I had a couple questions I wanted to get out to you really quick, Lucifer, before we get into the launch here that have to do with determinatism. God, I love listening to you two talk about that. Um my first one is if you're a 10 out of 10 determinatist, you can no longer have any judgment towards like serial killers. And like that started to like really mess with oh, my goes, mind a little bit. It goes beyond that, buddy. You gotta, you gotta let them all go at that point. That's, that's right. And I'm, I just chose serial killers trying to choose like the worst thing or whatever. Um, but yeah, it has you let go of all judgment towards all people. And uh, just t- tell me what the thought is around that or what your personal thoughts are around
1: that clues yeah, so, I'm not a 10 out of 10 determinist. Um, there, you know, I'm more of like the middle of the road. Uh, I'm still learning more about it. I think as I learn more in my field and I become more of an expert, um, I'll probably uh, get to your point of determinism. Um, but there is no mechanism within determinism to really say that that serial killer made a conscious decision to kill somebody through free will. It's all, you know, it's determined by another behavior. Um, so you're absolutely right. A lot of times, a lot
0: of them had head injuries. Yeah. As weird as that sounds. Head injuries,
1: head injuries is a piece of it. Yeah. And there's other, there's other things, but, um, it's not just, you know, head injury or mental illness that causes somebody to
0: have an issue. Oh, oh we have your doggos getting excited. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Let me uh, I, let me let her outside real quick. Yeah, that's, that's, what the she wants. that's the pee-pee sound. Yep, for it, sure. It really is. <laughs> no problem.
2: Uh, that was good. I, I love I love that conversation, too. It does... Make me have a lot more questions for sure, but I I still think I have free will. I don't, you know. Y'all can.
1: Yeah, and you can totally think you have free will. That's the yeah. whole joy of it. Yeah, you, there's a. I'm gonna let Everyone can have their own decision. Exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we can't if we're deter. If it's determinism, we can't have our own decision. But
1: you can have we... your your own decision. That's a that's uh, you know evolves from your experience.
2: That's oh, it, but it doesn't have to be the same as everybody else. No. Understood. That's what philosophy is all about. So it's just a, it's just a, it's just a gathering of your experiences, which, which actually ultimately makes everybody's decision different. Go ahead, Jeff. What were you gonna say?
0: Um, the other thing I was wondering is, is there a discussion in the field around the idea that even if determinism, determinism, oh, God damn it, <laughs> you can get there, you can get there. It's even okay. if it's true that we should all believe or act as if we had free will because i've heard that argument and that one actually makes a lot of sense and i also don't know how to like smash the two together into reality like it doesn't seem like the two should be able to live together but this idea that even if it all is all deterministic just like just in case we should all act as if we have free will
1: so you think that and sorry jeff i don't quite understand what you're saying but maybe sean does
2: yeah, I think what he's saying is, well, here, I mean, it's partly an argument against determinism, but uh, how do we have laws and, and rules and all these things if, if we're learning from behaviors that would want us to not have that stuff or agree on it or move in that direction?
0: Like how does democracy exist? Well, no, that's not what I, I think that stuff's obvious. I think that's just because people want to be safe. And so social organizations get together and are like, well, let's put these people in jail to be safe. And that part makes complete sense to me. Why, why, even though we're deterministic, we don't fall apart and everybody just doesn't start like attacking each other. It's because as a collective society, we like safety and we value it. So we put these rules in place to put those people in jail. My question is like, Is it morally right, this is more of a philosophy question, is it morally right to still assume you have free choice, even if you believe in determinism? It's kind of like the Christian's argument, like, hey, even if you don't believe in God, just like, accept Jesus into your heart. That way you'll go to heaven just in case. (laughs) So,
1: that's a tough one.
0: Like, that's where I'm at right now. I, I believe, I think, I believe in determinism, but I also know I could be wrong. So I feel like I have to behave, thinking as if I have free will.
1: That's probably what makes us human: is the belief that we might have free will. From a philosophy standpoint,
0: that would make you superhuman, Sean.
2: I He's know a Superman.
1: Stuff. We already know I
2: got, that. I got a lot of, I got a lot of questions, but that's okay. We have to have you back so that we can. Otherwise, we're going to lose at least twenty percent of the audience. No, going to
0: be, like, be this is the best. This is the best part. <laughs> I don't want to throw up today. <laughs> Alright, Sean, give me give me one question, then I promise we'll move on. I just I loved hearing you two talk and ask other to talk to each other. So just, come on, give me one more question. This is my food here. Oh God! All right, so. I, I, there's still,
2: I don't, there's some pieces of it that I'm not, you know, cause you, you, the more you guys are talking about it, the more I'm going, okay, well, here you are saying on one hand, you're, you're holding two things to be true that can't be true, or that are at least opposite, which is that everyone's self-determined and making their decisions, and then we have people that are doing things that are not, that wouldn't come from the same, that don't come from that determ- same determination pool, and so they're, and, and then we still have to say, oh, well, it's just the, it, you know, it's okay because they, they, they didn't have a choice. They couldn't have done something different. But that would also infer then that, say, somebody who did have all of those terrible things happen to them that somebody else had happen to them who doesn't do that thing, who never repeats those, that process and who breaks the chain, how would they have learned those things in order to not do that inherently if so like someone that was abused for instance or someone that whose parents got divorced and then they didn't right
1: so uh, how does that happen so your reaction to the environment informs your future behavior so let's say your parents got a divorce then you started developing coping skills for dealing with that and you started learning about relationships. and um, you found it reinforcing to have a social connection with somebody so, that
2: you I'm know sorry. so here's where yeah. I think this is where I would call it choices. I'm making decisions, And I think where determinism would say you're you're not making decisions. And so at that's where I'm saying at each one of these cruxes where in life you're learning the next thing or the determinist is saying, this is where you are understanding and moving on from this platform. At each one of those junctions, I'm making choices on which direction I'm going, how I'm doing it, how it feels. Oftentimes I do it two or three times before I learn I don't want to do that again, Right. But each Mm -hmm. time I'm making a decision whether I want to or not, or whether I want to do it this way or that, and so that's where I see it's in between. It's in between these platforms in which
1: I see free will. Okay, maybe our next conversation can be about um, biological and social reinforcement, and how that feeds into free will and determinism now i'm going to get behind some of that so uh, yeah i i I can
2: i'll definitely have that conversation i
0: love that conversation yeah like the food you ate yesterday they say that um um, if you're up on the parole board you really want your parole board to have just eaten if you see your parole board before they eat you're fucked it's actually true isn't life sucked that you can go to jail and go up to the parole board right before they have lunch and just get fucked (laughs) it's also about who made their food Right and the, and, and the mood that that
2: person was in, if you don't believe me, you're crazy. I've watched it my whole life. You've seen people pee in the soup? I have never seen that. You've seen people spitting the burger?
0: Nope, I've never seen that either. You've seen burgers in the burgers. The burger, the burgers in <laughs> the burgers. All right, let's talk about launch, guys. we got to get into it. We're at the 30-minute well, mark We don't have any now. bits.
2: We're not going to do a bit before we get into oh, it? Oh, we
0: have so many bits, guys. Get into
2: guys a bit, please. D- Can we break oh. it up with a bit? Oh, my God. We've got a pro on here. Lucifer is also a very good EverQuest player. So anybody who might have faded out there for a few minutes, you should come back. You should listen. Everybody (laughs) who's out there driving their car right now, turn it up a little bit.
0: I know you had to turn down. It's okay. Turn it back up. Anybody out there who's like pulled themselves up by their bootstraps in their life fucking hated that conversation. If you tell that (laughs) story, if you talk to people who really like went from zero to hero and talk to them about that, they fucking get upset. I've seen people get mad when you're talking about determinism anyway um uh, we have a bunch of things here uh we have stump the experts hello i am expert uh this is uh for you guys here uh, cuz i basically know the answer miko asks hey heaps and loads uh, who is satkata and what is the significance to the current expansion mate who is can you do the accent again though seriously Sopkata. you know like like zap mama but zapkata Okay.
2: And what is his importance to the expansion? Mm-hmm. I mean, Lucifer, you're the officer. I'm going to let you take this one.
1: <laughs> what?
2: Let's take it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this is what it feels so, like. <laughs> I, think, I think you
2: should at least know the answer to this. I mean, I should. You're right. But there, here's something you're going to... I think you probably know this. I know you know this. You're a behaviorist. <sighs> I don't I don't pay super attention to that stuff. <laughs> I don't okay. really I don't really pay super attention to what I love about the game is the other human beings that are in it and the
1: things that we do together. That is what I love about it. So that's actually what I love about the game as well. So the really the only reason why I know any any lore or anything is because I listen to Zaid for a very long time every week at raids and prior to raids and everything. And the man's brain is works nonstop in ways that I don't understand. Me but too. You can tell this is
0: an in-between expansion, like a little dinky one. Cause when you asked Zaid about the lore, he's like, whatever, it's kind of this and this. <laughs>
1: so this Weren't we, we having a conversation about lore the other day? And Zade was like, yeah, I don't know. And I was like, no, wasn't it like, wasn't it like this? And he was like, yeah, it was. And like, he didn't want the conversation. He was like, okay. It sounds yeah.
0: like he, he's pretty con- So there's two things. Do you want me to explain who oh, Zapkata is to you guys? Here we go. I, I got
1: it. So Zapkata okay. is, or was like the leader of the Combine Empire. Yeah. Um, he was poisoned by general Saru. Yep. Um, and yeah, we're in the Combine Empire right now. And that's Katakastra um so yeah
2: exactly which is which is inside of the sun is that correct inside of the norath,
1: we're in the center of the earth right uh that we're like the core of the earth we are well no the catacastra is actually at the bottom of the sea i think
0: Oh, that's right. That's why this whole thing involves Prexus, because Prexus brought it down to the sea. we got to have Zaydan right. to
1: catch us up on the last couple all in a row, so it's I like think. the Buried Sea. We're underneath the ocean. That's why if you look up in Kata, in any of these zones, you see fish in the sky. So, we're underneath that's, the ocean right now. What's yeah, weird is the last fight, it's
0: mayong versus Solro, which kind of has nothing to do with any of that.
1: Right. So, the... The whole idea behind why this expansion was discovered is that there's something wrong with Catacastrum, and the the barrier that keeps the ocean out of the city is breaking. Oh, Miami. We were just talking about Miami. Right? (laughs) So that barrier is powered by the link to Solteris. And Solterrius being, you know, the throne of Roe and the sun and everything. So um, that's powered by that link. And that link is weakening. That link is weakening because we screwed up and killed Mayong. Oh. Or, yeah. Way to go, Sean. And Mayong is like, yo, here I am. I'm going to take over. You can go ahead, Solro. Bye. Um. So, yeah. We have to go in and fix
0: it. Speaking of going in and fixing stuff, since we're talking about some trivia here, there is a correction for the on the road again. Y'all might remember Badzilla asked us, hey, if you're in plain of time and everybody wants to go to fear, how do you get there? I got us there in like four zone lines. Yeah. Lucifer, do you know the right answer for everybody? You, you haven't heard this episode yet. I don't think this is the one that hasn't been released to everybody, but it was asked us. Let's say you're clearing plane of time. You just killed all the gods on like the top floor or whatever. And y'all want to go to fear. How would you get there?
1: I am horrible at zone lines. I follow the masses.
0: Well, badzilla informed me that uh, there's actually a zone line to fear in plane of time. Apparently behind every God is a little platform going to their zone.
1: Yeah, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Sean, why didn't we get that one? Um, well. We did plan a time. I know that. Yeah, we've done it a couple of times. Uh, um, quite a few. All right, back to the back to the topic at hand. The day, but did in the I understand. Do you guys remember that song? Yes. Young G's Perspective. Let's get back into it, guys. All right. So mm. it's oh my gosh. So it's like launches coming up. Lucifer, you had your own little uh group, right? And I'm sorry, I don't mean to call it a little group. I'm sure it was a nice big group, you know? I mean, it was six people. That's kind of small, right? (laughs) How many uh, times did you guys uh, run it? So we
1: ran the whole thing six times. Holy fuck. Um, And then we did like little mini practices where we were like figuring out skips and everything. And I was like, hey, hop on over to test server. Let's try this. So
0: you went harder than we did. We did six times, but I didn't do any of that extra shit. I suppose some people did, but I didn't. I'm pretty sure some people did. You went hard. You go hard. I do. Um, so it's launch day. Let's break it down for everybody. Cause on the podcast, nobody's heard yet how this actually happened. Um, it's like four o'clock, five o'clock on a Thursday, something like that for, um, and, or, uh, yeah, on a Thursday last week. And, uh, Server goes live, and we are all in our groups, right? In Faceless, there's like, I don't know, 10, 12 different groups, maybe more, who are all about to go to work and do their solo stuff. Can you start walking us through what the very first mission is? Because I'm imagining here, we're going to tell everybody what happened, but this is also going to be informational, so people who actually want to do progression, they're going to come back and listen to this episode.
1: Yeah, so um, we actually had something like 24 groups, um, ready to do progression So you can imagine that was kind of Hectic to organize um, The first things first Is you have to get there Right? You have to get to The new zones, Catacastrum It all starts with Catacastrum So the way We chose was to go through the guild portal It's the easiest way, if not You know, you have to take a boat, and we all know how boats are um, So you, know, you take the guild hall portal You go to um, Katakash, um, you kind of talk to this Prime Researcher Wayman Elnot a lot uh, and you do this questline called uh, City in Peril. So you get a combined signet ring and that signet ring evolves as you do more in order to prove your worth to be able to rescue the city. Um, so the very first thing is the knowledge for power, and I like to call this quest like hide and seek because you're just hiding for twenty minutes. <laughs> um, and uh, one of the one of the um, bosses of the expansion, Unithir, or however you say her name, um, is sending out they're blind seekers to find you so there's a couple hiding spots you choose your hiding spot and you just wait so that's the so do you class. remember
0: where you guys said when you did it yeah let's tell everybody let's tell everybody where the good hiding spots are no, nah, I think they should have to figure that part what? for themselves. No, yeah. come on. Yeah. That's, That's part, part of the fun
1: of it, right? No, but, but, this is know, informational. <laughs> you know, Sean, how did you find out where your hiding spot was? It was determined for me. I, got, I learned <laughs> it was a learned behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you make uh, a choice on where to go?
2: I did not because it was uh, it was forced on me by wow. the people, the group I was with, which was <laughs> at that point 100% determined for me. Do you know so your yeah. ancestors? I, uh, we went to a room that was, you know, very near the beginning, I believe is f- kind of far back as you could go. I I'm not gonna be able to tell you on the map where it was, but there you'll find this room where there's a arched doorway. Once you're in the room, if you get up on the top of that arch as close to the wall as you can and shrink down as small as you can, you will not be seen.
1: Yeah. It's the, what is it? The southernmost room, um, you shrink yourself down uh, over the southwestern doorway. The most hilarious part is I you know included a video in our guide on how to do this, and uh there were still lots of questions on how how do you not get hit, found
0: um, I suppose as an officer, that happens a lot. You put out every bit of information you can, and then, like what was it the other day, people were like, "What order do we loot these bags in?" And I don't know if it was you or somebody else, but it's like, it's posted here, 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 and here. And I sent it to you on this day, this day, and this day.
1: (laughs) That was totally me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's that first mission. You just wait, and you're waiting to be found. And then, you know, there's a little mini quest for the city in peril. And then there's another real group quest called locating the statue. And that's where you go into Thalassus um, Falasius and you have to kill, um, statue guardians and, um, Brennanus Reardon. I think his name is, um, I call him big Ben. Um, not to be confused with the next expansion where there's also a big Ben. (laughs) Um, so that's a really super easy one. I think that one only took my group like two minutes to do. Yeah. So, Um, yeah. one thing
0: I did want to mention is uh, a lot of times if you're in a group of six people, Sean mentioned it was uh, like about two and a half days for him and different pickup groups of different people at different steps. But if you're in one focus group, especially in these launch groups, uh, we got it done in an hour and a half. And what I want to do is kind of point out as we go some of the tricks that were done. Sorry, faceless, Zaid. you know, I don't, I think you're okay with me letting out the secrets after they happen. I think what we've, that's what we've agreed on for this show. Once it's been done, I can talk about it. So I do want to mention how we yeah, did all these zones really, so been, damn quick. It's
2: been super nice having you do the show <laughs> with me, man, and uh, being faceless. It's been cool. <laughs> New um, server so, coming out,
1: right? New mischief. So, so the, the, second- tricks, the tricks with locating the statue is that really the only things that see in Viz are um, there are a few substances and the puddle of waters and the catch defenders. So as long as, you know, you send like a rogue ahead of you to scout out what's you know ahead of you um you can kind of bypass everything uh so my group had a rogue in it he s o s um ahead of everybody and we were able to avoid pretty much all of the mobs there was one puddle of water for our group that was like right in the middle and we couldn't bypass them so i had to kill him um but yeah we were able to get through we killed two Kedge defenders and then the four statue guardians and then brendan s
0: we, uh, we had a bard just train everything and we ran behind the bard and then the bard faded everything off. And we were basically standing in the room behind the boss, ready to fight him after the bard faded everything off.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of awesome, cool strategies to do. Um, I wasn't super comfortable with that and you have to kind of, you know, speak to the strengths of your group. Yes.
0: Which I so. do want to mention my group because Blastoff did so much work, um, It was Zayd, Blastoff, myself, Godric. Uh, It was Fastan. It was uh, Kunglo, and it was Cubicle. Uh, So we had two monks, a mage, a warrior, a bard, and a cleric. And this bard, I think, did, like, 50% of the work of the whole thing while, like, half of us, like, sat around. They were exceptional, and so Blastoff was training constantly and fading constantly.
1: Yeah, and the good thing is it was all in instance zones, so Technically, training training is okay, right? Um, public service announcement at this point. When I talk
2: about coattails and stuff like that, so um, Lucifer had mentioned the guide that he that he put together, and, and then so we all get this guide, right? If we want to use this, we get to use the guide. So when I went to do mine, you know, all of us, especially those of us who don't do as much research, like the the folks that we ride the coattails of, um, this is exactly a part of, like the 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 weaving weaving of the fabric of the coattail it's laid out for you so anybody knows how to do it if you just read it i made it so easy for me when i was doing pickup groups i could explain to people what needed to be done and how it needed to be done and it's it, anybody who doesn't have that in their guild or who doesn't have guildies who help out like that they should just think about they should really think about faceless
0: well i think we
1: got a recruiter trying to take your job here at lucifer yeah, I'm just like in awe at this. And that's kind of what's awesome about our guild is that we um, will put out, you know, a guide at the pretty early on. Right. So we put out our our buried sea guide, I want to say two months before the expansion. Um, and that allowed everybody time to develop their own guides for their own groups and be able to uh figure out the tricks and figure out the skips so by the end of it i was getting everybody and i think um sharpie who's another officer destro is getting people sending him their guides saying hey i think this uh could really be useful in the future so it allowed everybody to kind of develop their own guide which is awesome
0: yeah it was useful
1: After that
0: one was wrapped up, it's what I consider like the next part is the soda chunk feels like this is where you leave the center temple as far as getting your quest and you leave the Elna area and you head just south of them to this godforsaken zone known as Kata, which has walls separating everything from everything. And uh, you go south a little bit to soda, who's right next to all the spells you're going to need. And uh, now it's time to go into a brand new zone we've never seen before, which is like uh, Mario Kart jungle is what I call it. (laughs) <laughs> that is so
1: right um, so I think the next one is the snakes are hiding or no the snakes are hiding something um, so in this one you have to also do like a little hide and seek activity there's some spying going on where you have to observe a ritual and then you have to go kill some golems um, and get the schematics and then you have to go kill some shissar and get a schematic um, some of the tricks there are really... I had a bard in my group that would just mez mobs ahead of us. Yep. Um, Everybody in and, and just
0: have the bard, mez, everything.
1: Yeah. Um, because in um, your Mario Kart jungle, the only things that see inviz are the pain golems and the death callers. So you're able to kind of just bypass them. So I had the bard just, you know, invis up and mez as we went. So we were able to bypass everything. No training involved. No anything. Um, just messing. But if you want to fight for
0: some XP, it's a nice spread out zone where you're fighting like one mob at a time. You're not trying to like split big chunks.
1: Yeah, I would just avoid AE stuff because the the natural inhabitants like the gorillas and the beetles and stuff they're non aggro. So, but if you cast an AE, they'll really beat you up and. I think on test server one time I was like, what is, why am I taking so much damage? And I'm looking at my incoming damage and this gorilla was trucking. Like (laughs) I was like this dude, I could take like six of these, um, snake people, no problem. But this gorilla has an ad. Come on. Is this the one where at the very end you have to kill a red
0: snake from the second floor?
1: That's the, the next one.
0: That's the next one. Okay. Cause I had something I want to mention there. So yeah, after we killed all these, Oh yeah. This is the one where, um, we actually sent ahead the bard and the two monks to just kill the last guy, uh, since they could just train up there so quickly. Like we took care of the golems, I think the first one, then mm-hmm. the one way up at the temple, half the group didn't even go there. We just sent our crew, which it was fortunate to have monk, monk bard because not only could they FD anywhere and kill something, but they also could, drop a campfire, which we should probably mention at some point.
1: Yeah, so the campfire tricks are super awesome, especially this is the first expansion that we're having campfires. Uh, You get a campfire when you're in a fellowship. A fellowship is more than three people. It can be one person, but it's ideally three people who group together and play together. Um, And you can drop a campfire. Uh, These campfires allow you to port to them uh, by using a I call it the little fellowship porter thing. It um, looks like a campfire, kind of from
0: the top a little bit, like a pendant campfire.
1: Yeah, it also unfortunately looks exactly like my new shield from Solteris <laughs> in my inventory. So I was trying to equip it one day and I was like, what's, what's the deal? <laughs> um, I guess I gotta stick to the bandolier now. Um, so that's actually an awesome trick is to have the two monks and the bard because they're able to drop aggro immediately and then place a campfire and everyone can everyone can uh head there. Yeah, I think zade picked his group very carefully for that exact reason. <laughs> I'm like,
0: man, we just get to port everywhere. This is amazing. Um yeah. now I hope everybody liked this zone because you're about to go in into it two more times for the next two group quests to keep progressing here. Uh which one's next, Clusifer?
1: Um, so the one you were just talking about is that kill the red guy. So counter attack. Um, there's a couple commanders that you have to kill. Um, so there's a quarry master that you have to kill. Um, he, or actually both the quarry, all of these three guys that you have to kill in this one spawn ads. So this is what makes it a little fun. Um, blast off must have had a lot of fun because he likes to. You know, well, we had a mage um, too. We had Cubicle
0: who could AE, and uh, <clears throat> I know for the uh, for the first one, for uh, all the golems that pop on mm-hmm. the quarry, those things die easy. Like they,
1: they yeah, were white, but they seem like they
0: yeah. had like five hit points or something. They didn't have very much at all. Um, but then the next one only had a couple ads. That was a snake outside the temple, and those ads were a little tougher. And then finally, inside the temple, I just wanted to mention how we did this again to save as much time as possible. Thought it was pretty impressive what they came up with. So Zaid had been traveling around in the in uh, our server to find uh, instant gate potions from that vendor that travels around. Uh, apparently, I've never found this vendor before, but there's this traveling vendor who sells awesome things sometimes, but they're expensive. Well, Zade dropped the coin to get us each an instant gate pot and sent one to each of us. And so the plan here was... We all killed the first two minis, and then we went into the bottom of the temple but took a left instead of a right to this little dead end. Blast off, pulled the red mob from the top floor, group DA, DA, did all that stuff, got them down to us, Um, and the ads were like trailing behind just a little bit. So we just burned like hell this red thing on the first floor, and by the time we were done burning, we were already being hit by a ton of ads, but that's when we all clicked our instant gate potions, and it worked.
1: Yeah, that's an awesome tactic. He uh was- I remember him sending me a DM and he was like, dude, you have to get these pots. <laughs> and he's like, Alright, I have no plan to use them, but <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Do you know how much they cost? Um, I think it was a thousand plot each. Oh, okay. That's not bad. No, it's not that bad. I need to find um, some of those and things. And it's actually are sweet. the plane of tranquility. They're available in the plane of tranquility. What? That's where he, that's where you can get them. You just buy them. What? Yeah, the little known all the fact. T- you just
0: buy as many as you want. No. What is happening right now? They They're he like lore. runs out of them. They're, They're lore. lore.
1: Uh, we so should have one of those on
0: us at all times. That's an amazing item. Instant gate.
1: Yeah. Jeez. Now the and trick is right. to be to find the NPC in the planet tranquility that sells it. There's a lot of NPCs in there. Well, aren't you going to tell me? Nope
0: oh that's one of those things you learn how to change behavior uh give jeff tasks he will shut up (laughs) (laughs) man during our run while we were doing this i said like three words the whole time i was so quiet and apparently they recorded it too so if you ever want to see me shut up watch that recording
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, um okay The next one is Confront Emperor Vakish. Uh, Basically, Emperor Vakish is at the top of the temple. You have to go all the way up to the top. You have to kill five patrollers on your way. That is one that I routinely forgot to do. So um, I set up a Gina trigger for as soon as I zoned in to remind me to kill five temple patrollers. (laughs) This is where...
0: We skipped just getting there completely. We sent up a uh, monk, monk bard to the second floor of the temple. They got to a safe corner, dropped the campfire. We all went up there that way. We didn't have to actually get to the second floor of the temple.
1: Yeah. So if you go up the opposite side that you've gone up the past two quests, you actually run into very few mobs. And right. the fortunate part is that um, during this run, there were no C and Viz mobs on the opposite side for us. Holy shit. So we could just invis all the way up. Lucky. I know.
0: One thing that can be unlucky in this zone that I want to mention to everybody when you come into the uh, Mario Kart jungle is as soon as you come in, there's a small pyramid, like a person-sized pyramid. Don't walk on it. (laughs) It's a teleport. And it happens so much. I've seen so many people accidentally step on that thing. Absolutely. Uh, So we're now done with soda, right? We've done three... We're Done with the soda part of the missions. Also, this whole time we haven't been doing much of a city in peril. That's like this solo quest that you mentioned at the very beginning, but like yep. you can't do the soda till you get the city in peril done. But now it starts to progress city apparel peril in peril again. The solo part of the mission you have to go talk to yeah. uh Grand Vizier. Is that it? It's like this uh undead guy to the
1: south uh east a little bit. Yeah, so you yep. go back to prime researcher Elna. you basically just hail him and say Shasar. Um And then you go talk to Vizier Zio. Um, Vizier Zio will give you the quest for the next or the last. Uh, the last uh, three. Quests. Or disease. Yep. Um, so you say, you know, you hail him. That's your city in peril. The next one is. Uh, where there's a will. And that's in just the Shisar sanctuary. Wait, where is it? <laughs> uh, i pronounce it just uh, and no one has ever laughed at that um but i can see why now that you are laughing at that um i love it so uh, this is this is that portal that's at that 11 o'clock that your small legs can't take you to um oh god i fucking i, I don't know why i can't float over this thing because you have I small feel, legs is it because my dude's small well, you can't get the the traveling momentum to stay afloat. I think it's a dwarf thing. Yeah. Do you know
0: we can only shrink once, not twice? Exactly. I think it's a dwarf thing. I think you're right. Did you know that so, the Pegasus like give yourself is mount-
1: Give yourself an illusion, like a yes. high elf or something and yeah. then i bet you you'll be able to of over the wall oh did you You you
0: remembered high is like the the only illusion i You you knew i high high elf not you? you well i seen you you use high elf. Yeah, you remember things. You pay attention to other people. I do. You guys are kind of similar, Sean, I think. Um, You know, even though you don't like, uh, uh, like, uh, obviously you have differences, but he does this thing, too, where he's like, uh, he's so polite. He doesn't like to interrupt people. Even more than you, it seems like, sometimes. It's very very nice for somebody like me who likes to talk a lot.
1: Blah, 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 blah. (laughs)
0: What have you been doing, Sean, when I talk all the time? Have you been like walking around the house and watering some plants or something like that? I just actually, I had to go to the
2: bathroom. I got a second cup of coffee. I sat Mm -hmm. back down. You guys were still going. I was like, oh God, we're only about
0: third of the way through. This is a behavioral thing I want to talk about really quick, as long as we're on the subject. Lucifer, when we're playing in the morning, uh, Sean doesn't like to do push to talk. So it's always open mic. And his bathroom is very close to his computer. So we hear him pee every time. And he does a teeny fart before he pees every time. We've now learned this. As soon as you hear that, you know what's about to start coming out. And then he comes back. He's like, "Oh, I'm all better." We never hear the hands getting washed either. By the way, what? And we keep being like, "Dude, just turn off your thing." We all hear you pee, and he's like, "Nope." <laughs> oh wait, you can't diagnose anybody. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry only, to put you on the spot.
2: Not only that, but it doesn't really matter, right? It's <laughs> I can't help myself. I do it. I, I do it because it's my everyone I've ever known has done it. And the people before them. <laughs> it was built into me.
3: Uh,
1: well, let they don't wash their everybody. hands?
2: They don't, and they pee in front of everybody. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, and, well, and they want you to hear it. Or it's just laziness.
1: <laughs> that could be. That could be. Or you guys play so early in the morning. Oh. It could also like, be. I had to have like three cups of coffee just to have a conversation with you guys. That's what I'm saying. It, it's all, it could be a slight exaggeration, too. Oh, I, I absolutely anticipated that. <laughs> I uh, I definitely wash my hands
0: every time. <laughs> 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 all right. So, uh, the next zone uh, that the three missions are in, I like to call the uh, floating pyramid zone. So, we are now in the floating pyramid zone. And, um, We get to the first one, right? And the first one's really simple uh, when you get in here. Oh, we should mention that it's like a zone inside of a zone, right?
1: Yeah. So you have to um, go into Jisa and then go into the DZ. So you have to go through this like secret wall that you won't be able to click through if you haven't done the previous quests. So just keep that in mind. And then you have to click the DZ entrance.
0: Yeah, and when you go into this thing, we're going to be studying snakes doing, like, a chant at a portal. And uh, you have to stand in, like, a very exact spot, right? Now, one thing I don't understand about the mechanics, Lucifer, which you might, is... uh, Does it matter if you have everybody on that spot or just one person to get these
1: triggers? So, technically, you only need one person. The only reason why you would put more people in is for more roles on your RNG. So, I've learned that this can be bad. Because,
0: okay, so... (laughs) We did this test a bunch, right? And a lot of it has to do with you're either when the a, a snake's going to come up to the portal, you're going to view it from a distance and it's going to either do an inaudible, a nearly audible or an audible chant. When you get mm-hmm. an audible chant, that's good. You need like six of those. But every time one of those happens, it ports up and sends down three snakes to fight you. Now, yeah. what i found that when we were testing it almost always went smooth unless we got like three of three. Then that sometimes was a little rough because you're fighting nine yellow mobs all at once. And that's the only time we ever had a hard time with this. So I'm wondering if the strat is actually to not put everybody up there because getting the RNG too good could
1: actually wipe you. So that depends on who your tank is. So right. I think we had this conversation wait, the other wait, night. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And what are you saying about Zaid? What are you saying about Zade? So Zayd? we have this conversation the other night. And th- it is the fact that Zaid has to struggle, or any warrior has to struggle to maintain aggro when there's more than a couple in camp. It's true. So you get a paladin or a shadow knight, Like all I have to do is cast a single heal as soon as they port down, and I have aggro on everybody. That's so um, wonderful. And then the SK, they have their AE jolt, and they can grab aggro. So, as long as I have mana, I can do that. As long as the SK has mana, the SK can do that. A warrior has to wait 15 minutes to use his AE taunt. Man.
0: It's all about their defensive, huh? That's the only reason why warriors exist in this game. Yeah, they're a meat shield. The meat shields. Indeed. So this one is not that hard uh, as long as you stand at the right spot and you back up when you fight that way. Cause if you get too close, to these guys, you're I off. have
1: a feeling that's going to come back on me. Oh nothing yeah. You're in big Z. trouble now. You're in big trouble. <laughs> He's um, an awesome no, no, warrior. He, He's, he, uh,
0: he, I had this conversation with him the other day. He's like, Oh yeah, I suck at aggro. He's like, trust me, I would much rather be in a group with a SK or a, but alligator.
1: here's the thing though. Once he has aggro though, and if it's one mob, it's hard to take off of him. Like I was, uh, I had a glyph running and I I think none of the other warriors were prepared to take a mob, so I was like, Oh yeah, I'll take it. And I had to struggle to take aggro off of him. And I think by the time I got aggro off of him, he was like, dude, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I failed. Sorry.
0: So So I think the only way you fail this one is if a bunch come down at the same time and, and wipe everybody. Other than that, it's it's pretty simple. Or if they you don't see have to. You. Oh, is, does that end it?
1: Yeah. If they see you, they're like, dude, why are you spying on us? And you have to go over. And, you yeah, and to if you do fail any of these, you just repop it, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so then you take off from this one and uh, go get the quest. Like one person just has to go turn it in and then everybody goes right back in the same instance, right? Mm hmm. Now, this is where presumably these are maybe the hardest but when you have somebody like blastoff in the group our Bard, it's just like they do all the i don't know what they're doing <laughs> it's like they have to okay so when you go oh, to the, the zone, serpent one yeah because when you go into the zone you have to port up to all these different pyramids in the sky uh there's three of them and they all have all these different levels right and uh you have to go go to all these particular spots for these like triggers for updates right
1: yeah yeah so I had a rogue in my group so I sent the rogue to do this uh, while the rest of the group went and killed the Sarissa, the Undying um, so you basically, whether it be the bard and the bard just constantly fades, 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 or the rogue or a um, monk who can FD off aggro they just go and to these locations and investigate the obelisk or investigate the sacrificial room to be able to get those updates um and then you kill this undying snake which we ended up pet pulling um kind of ignored all the mechanics because you pet pulled the snake and the helper mobs the guardians of the undying didn't follow um so that was helpful when you were
0: getting progression done, Sean, you were called upon to do this part where you had to run around and get all the triggers. What did you think of it?
2: It wasn't bad. Once I figured out what I was doing and and that I was going had to go down inside of the temple on different levels. At first, that part was confusing. But once that part was figured out, it was not difficult.
0: And for the people not going to the spots, the people who are just trying to get to the last temple to fight the boss. And this will be helpful info for the next task as well. What you do is you just run to each teleporter, and then once you get to the top of the teleporter, you step to the side and invis. It clears all your aggro from the previous floor. So even though you may have aggroed eight mobs trying to get to the teleporter on the previous floor, as long as when you get up, you step to the side and immediately invis, clears all aggro. So that's basically what the other group is doing is they're just training from one teleporter to another. Again, these are instances, so not training other people. So the invis has nothing to do with that. Oh, that just has to do with like, uh, not on that floor. Right. Yeah.
1: So the teleporter is what puts you out of range. Think of it like a mage cough. It puts you out of range of the mob. Oh, so you're not necessarily
0: going up. You're going to a whole different,
1: right? You're going to a whole different pyramid. So it puts you out of range of the mob. So they have no way to get to you. So they're going to forget about you.
0: Now, the last one, this is the very last, we're almost done with the group progression now, is you go back to the same same zone again, and just everybody gets to the very last temple and fights the biggity boss, right? And you have to fight the uh, ads in a weird order. Do you know about this?
1: Yeah, I think uh, Sean should explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember this, actually. So I think I I did all the work for this one, so go for it. There's yeah you had you they made you Zade made you
2: be the main assist right yeah and it was there's four different mobs uh I'm I'm not gonna remember the or oh, wait it's like f- f- the first tier commander second tier commander I know that's the second and third one and then low there's a high and a low and then the first and second and it goes high first second low if I'm not mistaken.
1: So, it goes ritual high chant, first ritual middle chant, second ritual middle chant, and ritual low chant.
0: And you have to wait
1: to see who says all those and write their names down? Yep.
0: And then kill them in that order. Because you're not actually killing one that's called ritual low chant. You're killing something called Shasasaka krasa who actually had that say text, and you had to notice it and write it down.
1: Yeah. So, it's like... um, when we ported over to that third pyramid i just hopped over and i ran right for the middle of the pyramid so i could get those updates and being uh i was playing a monk at the time i was able to just feign right there and get all the emotes um there's other places that you can get the emotes but you know i was playing a monk so i was like let's let's live dirty um so you know you get those people they're the soccer, the lich, they all end with lich. So it's K-H-A-R, K-H-R-A, and then some other variations. So it's super confusing. It's meant to confuse you. So, yeah. Um, you write their names down, and you just go from there. So, you know, we had been
0: testing for over a month. You know, Zaid was pretty serious about wanting to Do this well, even though what I've learned with him is, you know, when it came to the actual day of, he's just like, let's just have fun, guys. He likes to prepare, though, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we put all this work into this. And we, I got to say, when we ran this in an hour and a half, we wrecked the first seven. We did it exactly how we trained. Everything was almost like muscle memory. I thought it was impressive how he trained us because, yeah, when we get on, got in there, nobody had to think about what to do. We had all done it so many times. It was just instinctual, kind of almost like determinatism and going so well and so happy that all of our work was paying off because everything was flawless, except for on the RNG part, the one we talked about where they were doing the chance. We had some bad RNG and actually had to be there about five minutes longer than we had in other times. But... That's fine. We still had a really good run. Now we get to this very last fight here. (laughs) Did you watch this video, Cluesfer? I did not, no. You didn't watch it? Okay. I almost want somebody else to tell it. We get to the last fight and we send the, the bard monk monk to drop the campfire right outside of it. So none of us have to do anything except for campfire right to the last boss. And here we go. And we've done this before and it always goes very smooth. And we're basically celebrating at this point. We're at the last boss, which we crush every time. And you know, the smiles are starting to come over our faces and we're killing them and we're killing the ads. And then all of a sudden it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Who's it? And I don't remember exactly. This is where I, it's a blur, the exact words, but basically, <laughs> Zayd killed one out of order. And oh shit. And then stuff started to like <laughs> fall apart. And like they started getting harder. And then all of a sudden, one ran out the door and things are just starting to fall apart. And Zayd is, you can just tell he's so upset. Um, but at the same time, he had mentioned afterwards, he's like, wasn't that big of a deal. I knew we could have just restarted, but he was upset with himself, right? Because he realized he's the one who did this, right? He's upset with himself and they're all trying to get it back under control. While they're trying to get it under control and find these ads and kill them, I think one ran out in the hall, but it turns out they weren't there. They were running around the room we were in trying to chase them down. I was standing right by the boss the whole time, like right on top of him, like a big old dummy instead of off in the corner or something like that. And I'm panicking, right? All of a sudden, my muscle training is going away because we didn't do this, right? <laughs> I didn't plan for this. I don't know what to do now. I didn't, where's my muscle memory? And so, you know, I'm doing my normal thing. I'm hitting every single like glyph and intensity and everything I got and healing and doing my own DA all of a sudden because I start getting smacked hard by the boss. I do my own DA, but then the same thing happens that always happens when I do DA. I see somebody about to die. I click my DA off. I start to heal them. And then I never hit my second DA. And that happened and I died. Okay. So we're on the final boss of this whole thing. And the cleric just died. And I hear them all in chat still. And I think it's Cubicle has a res res token. It's either him or uh, Blastoff, I want to say. And they rezzed me and I died again. (laughs) And then they rezzed me again. And we won. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. Was that a, in uh, this whole time, this whole time we were doing the runs, they were, they kept telling me, uh, I think it was both uh cubicle and uh, Zaid specifically are like, you need to use your DAs more, man. Like you can't die. They like literally gave me a stack of DAs. There's like, here's your idol. Here's your frozen skull earring. Here's this potion. They're like, you should have three DAs. They're like, you don't use your DAs enough. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'll just try to do better. But that, so I failed there. I, I completely failed under the pressure and uh, the cleric died, but luckily they were able to pull it all together. Very exciting moment, though. Very exciting and very relieved that we actually still got it done.
1: See, for this one, my group pet pulled it and um, all the liches came with. So that was nice. Um, they didn't always come on tests. So I uh, had the Brazier of Elemental Summoning and I would pet pull one of the Liches and the Mage would pet pull the other. Um which worked out really well. And uh we didn't have any issues on this one. The we had a couple hiccups with uh Zone Lag in Solteris. Um my group had issues, believe it or not, despite all of our testing all mm-hmm. of our testing, you know, you cannot make up for zone day nerves and or launch day nerves and final hails on stuff. People were just screwing that up. Uh, um, sure. Yeah. So I was like, all right, we got this. So, uh, and this is where it comes down to, you know, you know, in the faceless, it's, it's the first groups done are the ones that get invited to the raid. So, you know, grades gray and Zayd are sending me tells, hey, what's your ETA? What's your ETA? And I'm like, yeah, I got maybe two more minutes. I'm killing this Empress. And I killed the Empress, and I send a tell to Greywalk, and I'm like, hey, I'm ready for a raid invite. And he's like, oh, one minute too late. Oh. Yeah, so. (laughs) So that uh, that was a little frustrating, especially because my group had it down to like a good hour and 45 minutes, um, on test server. And there's just stuff you can't, you can't plan for. Um, but that also speaks to the fact that so many people that we weren't anticipating, uh, really pushing hard, pushed hard and ended up doing super well with their launch, with their launch group. So I'm super proud of everybody and they really knocked it out of the park.
0: Right, so, this is where I want to get into the raid uh, kind of briefly because we're going to do this raid a bunch more times over the next month. And we'll be Sean and I will be mentioning these raids. And so, we don't need to get into too much depth here. But I want to give an I- people at least an idea of what the raid is as an outline. Um, the day of uh, launch, you know, as the group's finished, then we got our like, you know, five minute bio or whatever, and then get ready to start forming the raid because you're now done with the group content. Now it's time to go kill Mayong or Solro or. Both. I'm not sure if we actually kill him at the end. I'm not sure how that works. I think we kill them both. Um and uh
1: Do you ever so really start- kill Maeong
0: though? <laughs> he keeps coming back, right? Right. He's a vampire. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so when you zone into Cata now, you can go down a couple floors to a teleporter and then another teleporter, and then there's this big orb that looks like the sun, and then you port to a place that I know isn't the sun, but I imagine it is because whenever I'm there rating, I constantly play it when I might as well be walking on the sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man. So uh it's like when once, you give a kid sugar, right? It's just like inevitably they start to break down. I wanna say once we had three or four. Four groups. We started
1: clearing. Um, can you, you started t- with you started with three groups, and you um, started clearing towards meong's mistress, um, which is surprise the sisters' event. Right from
0: the earlier cat, from the th- his demiplane. demi-plane. Yeah.
1: Yep. So you got the three sisters who are all catty with one another, and they want you know. Mayong's attention, right? So um, you started with that event and uh, you had the guardians uh, that you had to kill and each dropped a specific item. And you had to turn that specific item into one of the sisters to give them either an advantage or a disadvantage to kill one another. And this part,
0: it sounded like, was very crucial to the entire raid. This is the part where Zayd kept talking about, like, this is going to make or break us if we can kill the eight, what did you call them again, warders? They're the guardians. Guardians. If we can kill the eight guardians, because you only have, like, a couple minutes to do it, so he said it's all going to come down to whether our couple groups that we put together at the beginning is good enough to clear them all in time. This sounded like a very big, like,
1: gate. Yeah. Yeah. So you only had uh, four minutes, I believe it's four minutes, um, to kill all of the Guardians of the Prime. Uh, There's nine of them, right? There's nine? Yeah, there's nine. Um, And each have their own special ability. They're either immune or greatly uh, resistant to magic or spells some of them are immune to all spells. Some of them, you know, mitigate slashing and piercing, or some of them have an AE silence. Some so
0: FD your cleric, and then somebody says, Godric. Godric, stand Godric, up. Godric, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> like,
0: why don't my heels work?
1: <laughs> um, so, and those abilities are tied to the items that they drop. So uh, it took us some testing to figure out which items we wanted to give to which sister to ultimately make the sister that we wanted to fight. Oh,
0: so this wasn't like, this isn't solved EverQuest strat. Like there's some video out there that had already perfected it.
1: There's some people that have perfected it, but it changes depending on your raid composition. Ah, gotcha. You know, so you have to figure out, I mean, we obviously have our preferred strategy but if you have a caster heavy group you're not gonna make the final sister immune to spells right but or if you have you're a like monk, us
0: and your guild is 30 percent monks you know you got to plan around that yeah what what is our number one class do you think as far as mains go monk it is two. we currently have 28 monks what's number two would you guess you um warrior well, really? Holy yeah. shice. I wouldn't have expected that. Those people do God's work. Leveling a warrior? That sounds awful. <laughs> um, So, we did this, and then uh, we did all the rest of the bosses, which I think we'll save for a future ep, because we're, we are over an hour already. But you go to all these like islands. Uh, so, let's not talk about every boss, but talk about the general outline did you go from island to island at the end of every island there's a boss finally the last island is Meong versus Solro.
1: yeah so some of the islands have two bosses so the first island has the two bosses the second island actually yeah they all have two bosses um and then you clear the islands you don't have to clear the whole island obviously if you don't want to waste time on it um and then the final island is the castle and inside the castle, you have Solro and Mayong having a hissy fit with one another.
3: <laughs> <laughs> As
1: another- they have since we uh, since we attempted to kill Mayong and DoDH. So this is a long time that they've been having a hissy fight. Um. On the way up through all these
0: islands is another example of uh, Zade making a mistake and then Jeff making it worse. Uh, we were all on the, the raid <laughs> and Zade went to go port up to the next island. But right next to every port up is this big pillar of fire. And he accidentally went into the big pillar of fire instead. And he said, somebody res me. So I'm like, oh, I'll be the good cleric. I ran up and did a divine res. <laughs> I didn't drag him first. He just He's like, who the fuck just divine res me in the middle of the fire column?
1: <laughs> I
0: Actually, this wasn't launch night, though was the one after everybody yeah. else thought it was hilarious for the rest of the night. Everybody's like, "That was awesome." <laughs> I remember this.
1: I remember this because I actually needed that divine Res later, <laughs> and you wasted it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, yeah, call I needed that, a waste. I that, needed was that high Divine entertainment. Res. Yeah, you were both.
2: You were both at the Wednesday raid, correct? Yes. Yeah. The raid in which Jeff just alluded to a second ago, where he. Zade yelled, yelled at him during the raid. Well, I got yelled at too. I somehow I took aggro on the clock dial fight when you go around and kill the bosses mm-hmm. or the, the mini bosses, and I still, right now, have no idea how I did it. I was not, uh, I was not using a, a, a skill. I wasn't doing any of those. I was just attacking the mob, but I was noticing that other people were spiking a lot too, and that actually Zade at some point. His, wow. uh, he, he actually took aggro too. Turn didn't do it on around purpose. on him. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Rubber glue stick to you. I, I'm asking a question here. I'm not pointing out anything. Sounds like a question. Oh my God. How did I take aggro is what I would like to know. Or was so there just something, was there one of the mobs? Which one, which one was it? I, I'm going to think it was like, it was
1: near to the last, second to last, third to last one. Okay. So that would have been the ninth one. And the ninth one does, um, a Membler that's what it was so I just wasn't as, a, as a monk you're really high on your aggro meter right so whenever i've been in the same group with you like i've noticed your agro meter your agro's you know pretty high around like 85 90 um and you just weren't feigning it off yeah that's what happened I so the idea I'm that so if
0: you're like at 85 90 you just feigned once to go right back to zero and start over again
2: sometimes some mobs takes two to feign deaths or three but yeah
0: most of the time he just goes that's the idea yeah but that would mean less dps
1: that would mean less dps so a lot of monks wait until like 99 and the potential to take aggro is there and then they fade that's the game though they need
0: to play a game all they get to do is fucking i don't know they don't have spells the auto kick i don't know they got to do something right sit
1: they must yeah
0: stand sit stand so um oh
2: wait did you need a heal oh my god i'm sorry <laughs> did you die again
0: i just i the oh, more th-
2: zade did i fucking rage you I, I just raised raised the, oh my god right inside the fire how sh- i
0: didn't even realize it i'm not saying you don't play it well i'm just the more i play the game i think the monk is the easiest player to play Oh, character to play. I don't play
2: it well but that's that's not the
1: point I'm making so actually you you play it super well though like I learned some lessons from you playing a monk side by side from you side by I, side with you I, I'll, I just give me give me one give me one not for my
2: sake although it will pump my ego I'll admit it but like for everyone not for the listeners
1: um so they monks aren't all about just hitting every button and using all your abilities you really have to figure out which abilities work best in which situation so we when we were um doing that last event for you the last dz you know that final boss i was just hitting every button i had i was like i want to you know i want to do more damage than sean and i look at the parse afterwards and i did like half your damage and I look at the abilities you used, and you were meticulous about them. You used the high DPS abilities and you used them on cooldown. Whereas I was like, yeah, let me hit this button. And then a couple of seconds later, I hit it. You'd use them on cooldown. Yep. So I learned that from you. That was, I got to owe that one to Endacer. If you want to okay, learn about so. a Monk,
2: yeah, Endacer is dope.
1: Yeah, I I ended up talking to Endeser and Shaitan about it. They both have given me a lot of information, but there's nothing that beats actually being in a group with another monk to be able to learn from them.
2: Yeah, Shaitan's awesome too. Shout out to Shaitan. You're right. And we have some I really,
0: think, really, really good monks in our guild, some ridiculously good monks. And we have one cleric in our guild who's better than me, and that's Rainbell. And she's always sending me tells about um, how to do shit wrong. <laughs> like, so for example, now, before I res anybody, I have to drag them. She's explained this to me a couple times. So um, I, just, I don't know if you listen, Rainbell, and I, I know I probably bug the shit out of you. You're constantly telling me what I'm doing wrong, but I, I do appreciate you. You know, I do. And you're very good. God, she's fucking good. You've grouped with Rainbell before, right? Lucifer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Holy isn't fuck, that like man. isn't that like cleric 101 don't you get that like in your handbook you have no, to drag the no, corpse no before that's you not guys? actually cleric 101 <laughs> that's
0: more of an advanced level thing actually it's interesting obviously i'm pretty one. sure
1: so i box the cleric and oh, the first thing that i do one. that's cute it's cute yeah the first thing i do is summon the corpse to me Hmm. there is actually a definitely there's one a, way to
2: play there's a tag attached to your Epic one clicky that when you look at the tag, when you turn the tag over, it says make sure that you drag the corpse close to you before clicking this one method.
0: Um, I think we should probably start to wrap up here. Everybody, we got some plan to do this morning, but before we do, I think we should do one last uh, game here and it's very fitting. So I had mentioned we did the group content um, and then the raid content. Now Zade's a competitive person and there is a, a guild on our server that he felt like was able to uh, at least make him pause and want to do very well. Cause he thought they had a chance to beat us. Uh, and one of the big reasons was, is because a big part of this is group content. So he couldn't rely on the fact that we had a bigger raid force with more mains and all that stuff, because a lot of it is just group. um, and it turns out they did just about as good on the group content as we did. Uh, there's some more stuff to talk about there, but I'll wait till our game here to get to that. And um, But when we got to the raid content, and I mentioned there was that gate event where you had to kill all nine within four minutes where we won, apparently that's where our competition fell apart. They didn't clear it in four minutes. And then when they tried to do it again, it went bad because they used all their disciplines and all their cooldowns in the first try. Is my understanding? Does that sound right, Klusfer?
1: That sounds like
0: what I heard. Yeah. So that's all to lead into. Uh, Wait, the are end. we not going to? Are you not going to go? Ha
2: ha 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 no. ha,
0: ha! Right there, I know. I'm going to let Zade do that for me. So, oh, okay. Zade has a question for uh, the Sean Shank Redemption. If we could, uh, <laughs> Satan, if we could get a little gavel there. I, Satan, call this court to order.
1: Is that him? Is that really the Sean Secutioner?
0: Please stand
1: for the judge. I didn't think he was real. The jury. His beard is even more majestic in person. The Sean Secutioner. Is he levitating? I said order!
0: <laughs> nice setup. I met Andy Dufresne on a warm summer day. Um, From Zayd. A Rival Guild, this is for you, Sean, you are the... Oh, uh, yeah, right. Have you eaten, Got by it. the way? Are, are you feeling good? Did you eat some good food yesterday? Well, are you feeling kind? I, well, that doesn't matter. Sorry,
2: Zay, it doesn't matter what my answer is. <laughs> okay. And, and you should already
0: be able to know. Anyway, go a rival, ahead. A Rival Guild has competed with you for years. Mm-hmm. Over time, the rivalry has escalated to the point where every dirty trick is employed between the guilds and real animosity develops. Okay. Eventually, this rival guild falls apart after repeated failures, despite cheating and committing every other manner of deplorable act to gain an advantage. Yes, and I was, I spoke to Zaid about some of these deplorable now acts. Now that they're defeated, mm. most of their members apply to your guild. Mm. Do you accept their applications? <laughs> Additionally, do you gloat or in any way celebrate your victory? <laughs> uh. That's pretty Mm. yummy. That's pretty yummy, huh? That's a yummy Uh, one. I love how direct Zayd is. That's, you know, sometimes, you know, I I don't like running as fast as he runs, but I really appreciate his directness. I appreciate that about you too, by the way, Clucifer. I just, I appreciate you for a lot of reasons, Sean, but, you know. I appreciate you too. Um, (laughs) So,
2: uh, with the question at hand here, I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to depend on the individual. I think we have a number of people in our guild who are very, very good at determining whether people are uh, the right fit for our guild. And I also trust in the system that is is very inherent and apparent to me within the guild, which is if they do something that we don't like or is against our kind of I'll just code, code of conduct... Uh, it, I'm not worried that they're going to get removed. And one of the reasons that I appreciate faceless is is they are the best, no question. But there is this internal morality that exists um, on a lot of different levels about making sure that people feel comfortable and protected. And I value that extremely highly. And it doesn't have to be that way. We don't really know each other. We don't, um, you know... We have become friends and there's, it's definitely a social outlet for all of us, but oftentimes that leads to uh, allowing for derogatory or negative thought and pushing of ideals that I don't find necessarily uh, palatable. So uh, I really appreciate the fact that everyone's welcome and that it is something where you can feel okay
0: about uh, being who you are. Well, Inclusive for being a recruiter, what is it that you look out for as far as a red flag or somebody you think would be a great fit?
1: So, um, you know, the big thing, like Sean just mentioned, our code of conduct is basically don't be an asshole. We're not going to, we're not going to tolerate that. So, um, that's one of the first things I look for is your interaction with me, your interaction with our other recruitment officers and how your presence on the server is. If your presence on the server is that you're taunting people in general chat or you're constantly um, causing a scene, I'm going to think twice about bringing this app in. Um, Or we're going to have a conversation about expectations within faceless because ultimately once you join faceless you also join our reputation and our reputations are linked so um we want to maintain a pretty good reputation on the server
0: and other servers as well too like there's that other Absolutely. one coming out here soon i'm assuming something will start up there i don't think me though i think i'm dedicated to this server at least for this foreseeable future. Are you with us here, Clucifer?
1: Oh, it's all life. all oh, life, live,
3: live.
1: Let's not go that far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I want to really thank you for being on Clucifer. Um, This was a great conversation about launch, but personally, I just loved the first half of this uh, podcast for my own heart and for my own filling up. I just, I love listening to very smart people who can actually, uh, speak intelligently about these things that aren't just all emotion based like I sometimes do. And uh I just I it also gives me hope. You're you're a younger person. You're very polite. You're when I say younger, I mean compared to Sean and I. Mm -hmm.
3: You're very polite.
0: (laughs) You're obviously smarter than us and just uh you really seem like a shining light. Somebody I enjoy being around and I just want to thank you for being on the show.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. And maybe next time uh Sean can work on convincing me more about free will. (laughs) I'll do some research. I'll do a little reading.
2: I'm going to read. I'm actually going to, I'm going to read about determinant determinism. I'm going to try to get a better understanding.
0: What about Sean? The argument you've had with me is uh, the best argument to have with somebody is to punch them in the face and say, sorry, determinism. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, that is, I, I do
2: think that is one of the better arguments, honestly. I, I, and then try to, and then what are you going to do about it? Because you also can't do anything about
0: it now. I know what I'm going to do about it, Sean. I'm going to laugh because you don't have it in you to do that because of determinism. Yeah. Next time I see you, we'll find out. You do not have it in you. You don't, you don't, you couldn't do it. It's not you.
1: Cannot wait to see you. Oh. <laughs> I look forward to hearing what happens.
3: <laughs>
1: and I look forward to continuing this conversation, you guys. Yeah, it's been truly a pleasure. I, I was looking
2: forward to it. Um, I'm really, really glad that you came on. Th- thank you very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. I know all the listeners do too. You're definitely gonna have to come back. And you know what happens if you make it three times, right?
1: Oh, I did hear Destro's theme song. Okay. Fantastic. I will I'll make it I'll make it a point not to upstage Destro though. <laughs> You know, next uh, to awesome. next to my warrior in uh, the guild is Destro, wanna wannabe Destro.
0: Ooh, right. That's funny.
1: So that's I can't good. upstage him. I can't upstage no. him.
2: That would be an interesting person to have a conversation about sometime too.
0: And I really got to start doing these. These are the beginning. But quick shout out to a new patron oh Jacob. Boy. Hey <laughs> Jacob, way to be at the end, buddy. Uh, <laughs>
2: We really, really appreciate it. Obviously. Um, you know, we, this is why we do it. You're, you're the reasons why we do this and continue to do this. Uh, Jeff and I would have these conversations anyway, but what we realized is some other people might like it too. And there's a community to, to potentially build here. And so thank you for being a part of it. And, uh, thank you for continuing to be a part of it. Those who you are.
0: And if you are a patron, uh, you get access to the Discord, the bonus ups, and now we're starting to release episodes a day early for patrons. So that's another reason if you're interested in that. And as far as bonus episodes, we are working on a fully edited episode of The Mute Story. Uh,
1: Klusfer, how do you feel about that? I feel like there definitely needs to be a warning prior to that episode may be a tag on it that says do not listen in the presence of others <laughs> or children or sensitive people oh, or man. the Starbucks drive-thru oh my god <laughs> 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 because that is what happened to me for the episode of the mute the I stuff was needs ordering needs my more acceptable. the stuff and needs to become more acceptable of, let's just put of a it sudden, out there Jeff's voice starts narrating the mute hell yeah yeah, the Starbucks barista whom I know pretty well cuz I go every morning just looked at me.
0: Learned something about you.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, we're
0: going to learn what the waves sounded like on that day. We're going to learn what the birds sounded like. Fully episode, fully edited up ep- episode in the future, but you got to be a patron everybody. So do that. I mean, Clusifer is a patron. Don't you want to talk to Clusifer in the chat? Of course you do. Maybe join us on a Saturday morning fun run. That's what we're going to go do now. Uh and thank you everybody for Sticking with us the whole time, even through the first half. You're all wonderful. Thank you very much. And thank you, Sean. Thank you, Clucifer. I really appreciate you both joining me today. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye.